Whatever. We'll, we'll end when we end, you know? <coughs> As per the usual. You know what that is? You guys know what? That's, Go dogs. Uh, Go dogs. Oh. oh, you care about that? No, but I did okay. watch that game. Wait, which? <laughs> what the, the University of Georgia Bulldogs uh, oh. put down the biggest bowl win in bowl game history by point margin of victory hmm. uh, against the TCU Horn Frogs. Frogs. Horn what? Horn Frogs. What did you say the first time? I definitely said horned frogs both times. Okay. All right. Well, that's a... anyway, great game. <clears throat> watched it with some friends, had some laughs, shared some memories, uh, watched what was one of the saddest football games I've ever seen in my life, quite honestly. So, What was the final score of that one? They It was like 65 to 7, I think, was the final Oof. score. Uh, yeah, I heard it was a bloodbath, but I didn't actually ever I don't know. hear what the final score was, but that yeah, is I'm awful. not like... It's so bad. And this is coming at the heels of Georgia narrowly escaping their bowl game against uh, Ohio State, I think. Yes, that's right. Where they beat Ohio State at midnight because Ohio State's kicker missed a field goal right as the clock struck midnight on the East Coast on New Year's Eve. So they rang, they rang in the new year with a shank. And it was quite a shank, quite honestly. That's, that's pretty magical, honestly. It is I magical. was watching they, that. Yeah, somebody timed the TVs up, and it was literally like as it struck <laughs> midnight. Like that's yeah. when the ball was in the air. Probably distracted yeah. by all the noise. Everyone that's, counting that's down. Yeah, all the kazoos blew the ball. <laughs> are, are, are New Year's kazoos still a thing? I don't know, but fireworks are a thing, and maybe that uh, changed the rotational tilt of the Earth. That's, yeah. that's definitely a thing. a thing that happens with fireworks. Yeah, yeah, that's why yeah. I don't use them myself. I'm. <laughs> I'm terrified of uh, affecting the rotation of the earth. It is not that I had a substitute teacher in high school who blew his hands off. And what? Wait, really? Yeah, I mean, he he was a little older, and he was like uh, actual blew his hands off. Yeah, no, like well, like he, he was a sub, as like a, as a, a teenager teacher. or something. Okay, so you saw yeah. the aftermath of him as a, an adult. As an adult, yeah. So you know, Ouch. ever since then, I've. Actually, it's dated well before that. I don't love loud noises. That's fair. Yeah. You love you love soccer games, though, and there's usually a lot of loud noises there. Yeah, although I, my favorite was when it was in the bubble. And <laughs> That was your favorite? <laughs> that was, like, in some ways, well, maybe not the bubble. The bubble was not great. But when there were, like, 500 fans in the stand, oh, and you, you like could that? hear everything everyone was shouting, I thought that was really fun. Sounds Not because like open of the games from like noise, seven but. years ago. Yeah. yeah, you could just go to could have gone to the Northern Carl Storm Hail Ratto game or whatever. No, I, no, that game I was almost a sellout, as you might recall. <laughs> That's right, I do. Remember. Was it not a sellout? It was not a sellout, but they did say that they sold like nineteen thousand tickets to that, which was not the truth. Well, that's well, a, okay. a great. That segue. might have been the truth, but there were not nineteen thousand people there. Yeah. Uh, that's a great segue uh, to tell you that this is episode 115 of Off the Crossbar, a Real Salt Lake podcast. Someone and say we're like talking about well Real Salt Lake. 100s. Yeah, we are. We've talked. We've talked about Real Salt Lake inside the first five minutes. So if anyone wants to come at us saying we don't talk enough about Real Salt Lake, uh, we just did. 
So yeah. some people are saying, oh, yeah, they don't talk about the, the club that they ostensibly are podcasting about until well into the second hour of podcasting. That's rarely true. And not, it's especially not true tonight. I will yeah. tell you that. And um, we don't only complain. We just do that a lot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, this is not 100 percent complaint. Slightly less than that, as far as percentages. In are fact, concerned. I, I I even venture to say we were so complaining about uh, certain things that took place on the field last year. We went above and beyond complimenting everything else the club was doing to make up for the fact that I didn't want to just be complaining about how bad things were for months out of the year last year. And yeah. boy, they were terrible. And I sat in that stadium for every single one of those terrible games, barely getting tacos through like half of those because they stopped showing up after a yeah. while and yeah it was bad okay um give me a better team yeah, i don't i don't have yeah <laughs> do better all right so uh, that was my response all last year to people complaining about us complaining it was like we're just telling the things that are happening that's all yeah. we're just telling you what's going on with this team sorry if bad. it sounds like complaining but like that's just the reality of the situation sometimes yep all right, should we uh, transition now to everyone's favorite part of the podcast? Well, hold on. Yes. Let me pull up the doc and make sure I understand what the everyone... It's oh, Bev Talk, yes, baby. What go. kind of beverages are we drinking tonight, boys? <laughs> Woo! I'm making a poor life decision and drinking a Rockstar Pure Zero grape. The grape is pretty tasty <laughs> at uh, 523 on a Wednesday. Nice. Trevor, coffee? Got a big old mug of coffee. That is um, a big one. Wait, what kind of mug? What's on the mug? Oh, okay. Nice. This is actually, to be fair, this is Charlie's mug. Okay. Charlie doesn't drink coffee that much, but has mugs in my house. And that's their mug. They love that mug. I love it too, to be fair. It's a good one. Um, It's a good mug. But uh, yeah, just uh, Guess what I've got over here. Little uh, ginger manzana. Ooh, yeah. Tipache. Nice. That sounds good. I can't, I can't get enough of these, Trevor. Ever since that one time we talked about it, I just really turned it up to 11, and it's all I it's all I drink. Anytime I go to a store to buy, I, I only go to stores that have them, which is basically just Harmons. I just yeah. always make sure I have some available to me. Um, the grapefruit yeah, lime anything, is great, but yeah. But now that you mention it, like every single time you post anything in your stories to Instagram that involves a beverage, it's like this. that's what's in your hand. 100%. So, some version of a tapache. hundred percent. Uh, every single time I see it, I'm like, oh, Kyle must really Isn't like it, is, is there a beer called tapache? But it's, it's not a beer. It's, it's like an beer? actual like Mexican drink, but it is alcoholic. Um, oh. It's like a, jeez, I learned how to make it, but well, it's like a fermented I should make fruit it. thing well, isn't that you like, put a whole bunch of beer into. Hold on. What's Brad Leone, famously of Bon Appetit, has a It's Alive episode where he makes tapache, and it's basically oh. just like a fermented fruit juice that he dumps a whole bunch of I beer should, into. Yeah, I should note that this is non-alcoholic, which is why I'm drinking so many of them constantly. So it's just a nice little Mexican fermented probiotic beverage. That's yeah. a fermented pineapple. Um, mm. So yeah, really great, great flavors. Only 45 calories. Uh, not very much sugar, just a nice little uh, yummy beverage. Got some vitamin C packed in here. And that has been the, be- the what's the segment called? Bev Talk? Mm-hmm. Bev Talk. Bev Talk is Bev good. Talk. Bevmo, with, sponsored by Bevmo. Oh, yeah. Um, 
if we could get a Bevmo sponsorship, that would make me so happy. That'd be hmm. awesome. That I mean, that would be so awesome. I can just, reach out if we want. But, just uh, putting that out there, like if we could just send a letter and see what they could do for we us. Gotta get beverage sponsorships in general. There is a. Get, I gotta I, get a one way. Last I checked, there's a root beer store right by Rio or uh, whatever the stadium is called now. Rio Salt Lake Stadium. Oh, you're right. Rio Rio Tinto Stadium. Yeah, that's yeah. The one. Um, Sandy. Was that pl- is that place still around? Fifty State Street. Yeah. Oh, temporarily closed. Says Google. Mm, tragic. That's doesn't bode well. And but, their website like is gives ooh. a warning. It's, yeah. They have an unsafe website. Ooh. Yeah, that's ooh. unfortunate. Well, uh, Pyrodos is not too far away, so we can just go there. That's true. True. Pyrodos. If anyone knows Pirate O. If anyone knows Mr. Pirate or Mr. O, tell them to sponsor us and give the give beverages to us. Um, if I could get a De La Calle uh, sponsorship for these Tabache drinks, well, I would be, I would, I would talk about it all. I mean, I already do, but I yeah, would do even might more. as well uh, get some free drinks out of it. Um, Until yeah, we get okay, a sponsorship so what's, from uh, Pyrodos or De La Calle, we're gonna start saying they're very bad. Is that a good strategy? Right. Great strategy. <laughs> I mean, until Ray also like sponsors us, you know, well, you can finish that sentence. Continue saying that they're very bad. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good idea. Um, so, uh, social hour. Beverages. Next segment that's definitely related to RSL. The th- here's the thing about social hour, everyone. The thing about social hour is that it's really important for us to set the context of our lives in order to establish what RSL means to us. Okay, mm-hmm. so it's relevant. You just might not know it in the moment. But once you get a big old picture about how all these things tie together and you might say, oh, it's the off season. Like, why are you even podcasting at all? It's a good point because nothing's going on really with RSL besides uh, Tate Schmidt trialing for Seattle right now. But I will say that, uh, yeah, come come season, you're going to be like, wow, I'm getting such a good picture of like what the role RSL could play in my life, too. That's that's this is aspirational. And you'd be like, oh, they're just complaining for two hours on a podcast. That's not very aspirational. It is. It's really fun. So it is fun. Um, One of the highlights of my week every week. Yeah, same. That's why social hour is important. Okay, because among all of our busy lives, we find time to to band together, have some laughs, laugh at Pablo Mastroeni talking about how well the players fold their clothes after games. And we just have a good time. Okay, on the dock. All right. Anyway, Hello, social hour. Trevor, give us your update. What's been going on with you, my friend? Real quick, before we get to social hour, can I just ask a quick question? Sure. Tate Schmidt is trialing with the Seattle Sounders? Yeah, yeah, Mark. It's in the dock. <laughs> so, oh. Okay, we're going to play that game again? Yeah. <laughs> it actually is in the dock, though. He I did actually. Put it. He asked me if Tate Schmidt was good. Was the he said is Tate Schmidt good? And I said, <laughs> is there re- like is there a reason you need to know this? I figured it was <laughs> because it's either like his like family member is like dating Tate Schmidt or he's trying with the Sounders and just yeah <laughs> yeah. He just asked me Tate Sch- Tate Schmidt question mark. <laughs> um, well. I'm slightly upset and offended that he did not reach out to me. This was like set. This was minutes ago, and then he said. He is trialing and then said, we need a left-footed backup left back. I was like, well. Well. They've got new who. He's fine. Yeah. Definitely fits that mold. 
I know Mark is He's not something. a fan of New Who. I said, I said Tate Schmidt's a fine left wing back or left mid liability at left back in a four back and not offensively skilled enough to play an advanced forward wing role. That's not. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's, that's the right. impression I got from, but he did score two. He scored two really great goals for RSL this year. I'm going to move uh, on the dock. There I don't go. think he hates. I mean, let's spend a lot of time talking about Mark's opinions on Seattle players, but I don't think he hates new who I think he hates using new who as the third center back in a three man center back. I think he might hate new who <laughs> I think he thinks that new who as like a left back that gets forward is what he should do. And I think that's why he was so mad about it last year because he rarely was used that way. Schmetzer played with the three man back line, like constantly. Um, so I'm, I'm going to put, put it this way. I said uh, that Tate Schmidt had a good start to the season at left wing back. Then we played a four four two, and he was less good at left back. Yeah. And then I added probably better than new who to which Mark said, not hard. Yeah. Okay. Ooh. I thought him getting like an anti new new who tattoo was a little much, but I mean, to each <laughs> their own. Um, yeah. It's fine. Yeah, so Trevor, well. what's up? What's going on? What's, um, what's the vibe over there? In not, Provo? I mean, how long has it been since we recorded? Uh, like a week, six days, a week. Yeah, not much. Uh, I've been. This is my on-call week, and technically, I'm not on call until six p.m. So we've got thirty minutes before I might be interrupted. Hmm. Okay, um, that's pretty good. But that means that my weekend is just I'm um, I'm working. Um, I pretty much work Monday through. Friday and then I work Saturday and then I kind of work Sunday and then it starts all over again this week. So I'm just kind of near the end of like what turns into, Oh, let's see if we can do the math. A 11 day work week before I get a three day weekend. So I've just wow. been okay. working, doing that. Nothing exciting, nothing fun, at least not like for podcasts. Like I could tell you about what happened on Saturday, which was kind of a mess for me, but what happened on Saturday? It, so Usually Saturdays, like they give us, they give you a, they fill up your day with a couple of service tickets. Not that many. We don't usually offer like service on Saturdays, but like in an emergency situation, you go out and do stuff on Saturday, right? Sure. If somebody like can't do it during the week, they have to do it on Saturday. So it's like an available option. Um, one of our schedulers who is an absolute deer, um, was dealing with the customer who got pushed back off of Friday. He was supposed to have an appointment Friday, but then an emergency came up. His service tech that was supposed to go out there couldn't go. So she called him and was like, Hey, sorry, can we do it next week? And he threw a fit and said, no, it has to be uh, as soon as possible. Saturday. And I, if that's and I want Trevor to be here because he's my favorite of your service people. That's not what he said, but mm. um, I sure he was like thinking it in the back of his head. That's good. But anyway, so he was apparently a jerk to her on the phone and Mm -hmm. demanded Saturday. And so she, in awesome being as much of a jerk as she could back was like my Saturday at the time was wide open. I had nothing scheduled. Usually it starts at nine. And she was like, the soonest we can get out there is 11 AM. So she put that as a first thing on my schedule at 11 AM. And which just means I just get to sleep in and have a really easy Saturday morning. Yeah, that's great. great. And I love it. Kind of just um, makes it seem like it's Saturday chores at that point, you know, not like yeah, an actual kinda. work day. Um, but anyway, so then I woke up at like eight 
ish took it really easy was going to gandolfo's to get breakfast um which remind me we got to come back to that i went to gandolfo's oh. to get breakfast um and was headed on my way up and on my way up to the dude's house at like nine which is when i should have been there like if everybody done everything right whatever um i got like three more phone calls like all within between nine and nine thirty and one was another lady up in park city that wanted me to go to her house and then another was business out in like west jordan that wanted me to go out there so my day just got like completely filled up mm-hmm. with additional service tickets and additional phone calls but all happened at nine o'clock which worked out because i wasn't in the middle of a customer's house trying to figure out his stuff i was just eating breakfast so you did make the two you did get to west jordan and then park city and then this guy's house by 11 no i went no 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 no. so i got the phone calls and talked to the customer and was like here's the issue yeah i need to go out to your house but i'll do it later this afternoon once i'm done with the other stuff so i went up to park city um dealt with that guy which was it is what it is um was kind of a pain but manageable and then I had to go out to Tooele for another one that was scheduled and then went out to West Hop, Jordan. skipping a jump. For the last one. Yeah, so it was just a lot they of They got to buy you a helicopter. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> I'd agree. Wow. But that's, that's well, it. So that's that's, that's, that's a pretty bad. standard Saturday. It's just a lot of. A lot of driving. Just, just a lot of driving and a lot of cleanup of stuff that didn't get nice. taken care of during the week. So not that big a deal. Okay. But Gandolfo's. Yeah, what's up with Gandolfo's me, breakfast? love gandalfo's breakfast they have a pastrami and egg and cheese sandwich called oh, eastport that, that sounds good which is my favorite thing in the world it's so delicious um but they recently redid their menu they they used to have like a hundred sandwiches on the menu and now they've only got like 30 cut out a whole <laughs> bunch of that stuff <laughs> but then lot. they also on the menu they my one complaint about gandalfo's is they never served coffee so going there to get a breakfast sandwich it's like breakfast sandwich and orange juice and not a coffee, which was kind of a bummer, but it is what it is. But now on their menu, they had a whole bunch of coffee drinks and they had like the thing that was like a latte, Americano, cappuccino, um, you know, a whole bunch of stuff. And it had like the diagram that was like, this is what it is. It's like a shot of espresso. Oh, so they're milk, like, actually, milk. they're taking it seriously then. Yeah. So, and they're also like, this is what each drink is. So, you know what you're ordering. And I Ooh, went there question. and was like. Does that make Gandolfo's a third wave coffee joint? Only if they're roasting their own beans, which I highly okay. doubt it. Okay. <laughs> I will say, though, that is more than like, I, I do like when coffee shops do that. Uh, like a long time ago, I remember thinking that was very, very helpful when I would went to a coffee shop and they had those nice little illustrations that are done in that like chalk style that yeah. like Harmon's always does. Mm-hmm. Um, and it like, I mean, because, you know, there's a lot of... Uh, a lot of misunderstanding of what, like, for example, a cappuccino is because of those weird cappuccino machines at like gas stations or whatever. And people kind of just associate it like with hot chocolate or something or very chocolatey drink, which is a weird little misconception. But like those little diagrams are very helpful in understanding uh, what those different drinks are. So Gandalfo is nice. Well, let me finish the story before you say Gandalfo is oh, well, nice. Sorry, Gandalfo's nice diagramming for when nice people go get coffee yeah. at other places because of this thing that's coming up. <laughs> Big fan of that. But the problem is this is Gandalfo's in Provo. And what I found is most people in Provo, unless it's like a coffee place, like we've got a Dutch Bros, we've got a Starbucks. Peace on a, Earth has a Peace on Earth. P, I've never been there for 
You should go to Peace on Earth. Okay. I'll go to Peace on Earth. But unless it's like a dedicated like coffee coffee place, like the coffee is kind of hit and miss at a lot of places in Provo because nobody sure. knows how to sure. brew it. Nobody knows how to make drinks. So it's whatever. But I was pleasantly surprised. I was like, oh, they've got a diagram. So they're taking it seriously. Let's get a vanilla latte, which is my go-to like coffee drink order. Go up to the counter or go up to the drive-thru, whatever, and pay. And then they hand me the drink and the coffee drink feels not hot and also light. It, their medium is like a 12 ounce, I guess, or something like that. And it doesn't feel like 12 ounces of liquid, but I'm in a little bit of a hurry. So I was like, whatever, let's just go. And I start driving and I take a sip and it's legit. Like it's cold. It's not like iced cold, but it's a cold drink. <laughs> and I take the lid off and I look and it is halfway filled with liquid, this cup. And it, I don't know what it is, but I think what they did was they looked at a thing that said one ounce of espresso and they took one ounce of just like coffee and poured coffee into it and then All added right. some like like half a thing of milk and they didn't make any attempt at like the foam milk or froth milk or whatever else whatever else it is the steam milk I think that they put in a latte I don't know how to make a latte but yeah so it was like six ounces of liquid and it was cold and I think they just started with like coffee instead of a shot of espresso and then just like added some milk until it became the right color and we're like okay here you go that's it it was bad. It was not good. I didn't enjoy it. That's uh, they sh- yeah, that's, that's <laughs> it was, not. It was yeah. tragic. <laughs> Did you ever go to that latter day cafe place, the not coffee coffee shop where they? No, like I was really going to go there. Other stuff. But then we found out that the owner of that place was like super racist. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Okay. So I was like, yeah, I'm not gonna bother. I don't think it exists anymore. No. So I just went to their Instagram because I was curious about it. They are temporarily closed, but. They posted two days ago that they are temp. Hey, hey, temporary, hey, temporary delay in our reopening, aiming for the twelfth now. That was two days ago, so the twelfth is tomorrow. Um, no update there, so I don't yeah. know if I don't know. That's weird. Can't imagine that would be super successful, but they use Mojo powder, whatever that is. I thought um, they used like some mushroom bark concoction i'm pretty sure that's that's what this mojo is that what this mojo powder is yeah with just like a brand name herbs mushroom powder yeah Yeah. that's awful i don't want mushrooms in anything i drink or eat really well yeah i'm not a mushroom guy unless they're like i guess if it's powder and i can't tell but like i don't like cruffle i don't like mushrooms just something about it i mean I've got a brother who like until he was like 18 would throw up if he ever detected mushroom in anything he ate. Whoa. So like I get it. I just don't agree, but like you don't agree I'm with not eating their food, up. so whatever. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Mushrooms anyway, are fine. Anyway, and on pizza it's a travesty, so. Yeah, I'm not a big mushroom on pizza guy, but like in like a pasta sauce. Delicious. Love mushrooms. Or like over over a steak or like fried mushrooms. I'm very happy for you. Okay, now we're talking. Big now fan we're of stuff. Gas. Did you watch anything fun, Trevor? Or you just been been working and vibing. Um, not. I don't know if it's fun. Um, but I really like the I Am a Killer on Netflix. I'm nice. sure I've talked about this before. They, I discovered they released a new season recently. Yeah, and I just powered through that over the weekend as well. Nice, love that. 
pretty cool. I mean, it's the same same as every other episode. Pretty cool. It's pretty just cool. different different murderers and different stories. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a cool show. If if you like anything in the murderer true crime documentary vein, are you a true crime podcast guy? No, not really. Like I I am interested in like true crime as a concept, but I don't like the idea of the podcasts. You know. If that makes sense, what, if that's like a true, position, what does I can true hold? crime mean? As opposed to false in a crime. podcast sense. Okay, well, actually, I don't know. Well, like what as a sense genre I mean. of things. Well, okay, here's what here's what I'm talking about. So, like, you know, people associate it generally with like podcasts, I guess, or t- or television series or uh, docus documentaries. I don't know, but the reason I ask that is because uh, I mean I'm pretty. I have a lot of, I have a lot of different genres of TikToks that show up on my TikTok feed, mm-hmm. and one of them, briefly for a little while, was the Idaho murder stuff because I was like, oh, this is pretty interesting. Um, it was a complete disaster because similar to like all of these different events, like all these people who are like trying to get a lot of views make all these videos that are very exploitative, but they're also very irresponsible in how they in who they deem to be suspects. So yes. like, for example, these people are like uh, the biggest example, like I think that I remember that that, that kind of kicked this whole phenomenon phenomenon off was the Boston bombing situation where everyone on Reddit was trying to solve the who was the Boston bombers. And they yeah. uh, they sent a lot of people to the wrong place. And uh, in this instance, people were doing the same thing with like the roommates who were in the house that didn't die and like the roommates, boyfriends, and whatever mm. yeah. caused a lot of problems there. And then it ended up just being somebody completely unrelated to any of that core group of people that lived in that house. So, um, cause a lot of, uh, heartache and pain for a lot of people because of that. But anyway, and you know, like that kind of thing happened with like that, the Gabby Petito girl that was missing for a while, all that stuff. But I saw, I saw a TikTok that was somebody just essentially filming, recording their TV. That was like new, new true crime story developing. And I was like, (laughs) That's not a, what do you mean true? It's like somebody died. Like I like, that's what's developing is like somebody committed a crime and they're trying to figure out who did it. Like what's like, is anything just true? Like it was weird that he called it like, Ooh, new true crime story might be developing. I was like, what threshold does it have to meet to be your, to count as true crime? I think to count as true crime, it's gotta be something unsolved, right? Once or like at a, at for a time unsolved. Uh, well, I think that's the well, key. Like, kind of, it can't but be like true later, crime but. podcasts are often talking about things that are, that that are solved or like that. Yeah, maybe yeah even I, more I, probably there was like, a mystery, right? There's maybe. like two component. There's like two versions of true crime, and one mm. is like the unsolved true crime stuff, which is like the Gabby Petito, the two people that got murdered in Moab, the Idaho stuff, like or like the Boston bomber are good examples of of that, and I detest is probably too strong of a word but i don't like that aspect of it okay i think it's very problematic i think it's a lot of people like trying to play quarterback or not court like couch detective whatever you call it um yeah like people who are trying to solve a crime like in real time and like making tiktoks about it and like accusing people of stuff like that for me is like really problematic and i don't like that aspect of true crime but when you're talking about like solved crimes or like solved murder cases or whatever, and just like talking about like 
the evidence that's brought forth and like what it means and, and that kind of stuff that I find really interesting. And that's what I am a yeah. killer is. It's literally like solved cases. People have confessed to, or been convicted of these murders under yeah. whatever circumstances. And so, they're just uh, uh, talking about it. So like, yeah, that's the two different sides of true crime. I don't mind the solved stuff. I enjoy the solved crime talking about that kind of stuff, but the, like playing detective, I don't yeah, that really feels get a like kick out of that. Different. And I really think a lot of people, cause a lot of problems by like trying to play detective on these current event unsolved crimes in the media like it that stuff's yeah. a mess yeah so the wikipedia for true crime is it's a non-fiction literary podcast and film genre in which the author examines an actual crime and details the actions of real people associated with and affected by criminal events um yeah so it's like i guess it's the mystery part or like the unsolved part really just is adds entertainment value i guess yeah. because yeah. that's uh but it's weird to like I, I guess my most charitable reading is like of that guy the video i saw is like a, he's like wow this is gonna be something that's gonna end up being being like maybe like this will be a focal point of like some future true crime thing it's just weird in the moment to be like oh this is yeah. a true crime style <laughs> so like how do you how do you that even feels know very much like clout chasing yeah kind of stuff like, like everyone oh, I'm everyone first come to gather around yeah. yes it's discovery rights for true crime it's kind of called dibs on that that yeah. true crime anyway, story they're yeah. gonna have to send gam over no matt what's going on with you what's what's uh what's how you been socializing over there yeah nothing too exciting played some board games recently uh spirit island which is a a good cooperative game uh it's had a lot of hype but i think it's still a just a, a generally like good nice. co-op. Yeah. Uh, if anyone is curious about that, just look it up. And uh, I can't Hold really on. describe it easily. No. Trevor, you looking one. it up? Yeah. Charlie and I went uh, board game shopping oh. just before Christmas. And yeah. we found a couple that like I'm really interested in. Yeah. And that one sounded familiar, but it's not the one I was thinking it was. Oh. So, What ones were you thinking about? I don't remember the names of them. If I saw like the design on it, I would be like, oh, that one. All right. Well, if you think of them, let me know and I'll tell you that they're awful games or something. I probably was the one that that. I I asked you about. I'm pretty sure I texted you about it when I was in the store. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't remember what it was. Forget the name of it. But I remember that I tried to delete every text from you after I read it so that I don't have to look back at it. (laughs) Good idea. Which is not. Oh, it was Nemesis Lockdown. Yeah. I think that is. uh, I haven't played any of Nemesis. So I don't know. We were going to get that one because both of us were like, this looks really cool. And then we brought it up to the counter and they were like, that is $200. And I was like, all right, we're not going to do that one on a whim. Yeah, no doubt. Today. You you made a good choice. We might on a whim later, but let's talk to somebody who's played it first. Yeah. Um, So other than that, uh, I did watch This Place Rules, uh, which was a lot of fun uh, in its own particular true crime sort of way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's an, it's not like, a, it's not a traditional documentary, right? But uh, I love that. It's Gonzo style. journalism. It's Hunter S. Thompson. It's, uh, yeah. which uh, completely divorced from the recent allegations about Andrew Callahan that came out yesterday. I should. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I just Googled this place uh, rules and that's the uh, top four top stories are uh, about that. Yeah. So it's uh, not what you want. It's not what you want, but the, no, it, was, it's it was good. Um, all right. Well, uh, I also watched Blockbuster, 
uh, with new Netflix TV series, comedy sitcom type thing about the last blockbuster on earth. And it was that just one. pretty bad. Really? Oh, man. Uh, I thought it had like, it has a good cast as I think good potential. Uh, but the writing was mediocre. Is it the one that's in bend? Uh, bend Oregon or what? It may be, but I don't, they don't really focus on place. Oh, I see. It really is like all inside the store. Oh, uh, oh, is this the this TV series? Does have a yeah. good cast? Yeah, it's okay. a great cast, right? Um, but worth watching? No. And the ending was awful, and uh, it was then canceled. The ending was made more awful by the fact that it was canceled. So, you know, wow. yeah. I read a tweet about that recently, and it made me very upset. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. No, somebody was just pointing out that like Netflix does is doing this thing where like they come out with an excellent show and it might last two seasons, but then it gets canceled. And like Netflix is like conditioning their viewers yes. to like not get excited by any new series that they put out because it's just yeah. going to get canceled after well, one or two seasons. One, this one was not good this and canceled. This one deserved this one to be canceled. Mediocre <laughs> and canceled. Okay. Yeah, no, that is that is definitely a thing that I, w- I, I read that same article, Trevor, where it's just like you no one is going to really buy super into what you're doing if they just think you're it's just going to be trashed. Uh, yeah. But anyway. That's one of the reasons I yeah. haven't started That's watching that Wednesday sucks, yet. I have no idea if it's going to be, if it's it like good. is built for a second season yet or what, but yeah, the way they've advertised that thing, uh, it seems like it, but you never know. I'm not really. really interested in it until they have like the third or fourth season out because you know what's weird. Uh, I'm not going to invest my time. Trevor, in you're an LA games. guy. Do you ever like a little bit? Do you ever like, think it's kind of weird how and silly how much tv shows are advertised in la like on billboards like it's like oh yeah it, it's crazy it's like it's such a unique thing to la i feel like where like a solid percentage of the billboards you see just everywhere and like stuff that's on buildings like people like those uh pl- plaster things that they'd like put up yeah. so many of those are just from like for like netflix or like hulu shows <laughs> yeah. like it's so weird it's One of the things I noticed the last couple of times thing. I went down is just that like billboards are not for like businesses down there. Like it's, a there's a couple like, like law firms and there's a couple like real estate companies, but like a solid, yeah, like 50% of like the advertising that you see outdoors is like TV shows and movies or like local, like comedy shows or theater show productions, like that kind of stuff. But yeah, it's like, it's a little weird. Yeah. It's very yeah. strange. I wouldn't be upset if every billboard just suddenly fell over. Just disappeared. Well, yeah, no, disappearing is bad. I don't want them to hurt I-15 somebody. is crazy. Except for my company's billboards, which are definitely on I-15. Uh, yeah. Those ones will stay. Uh, I didn't, but no. I didn't uh, notice how many of those billboards there are until we talked yeah, about it recently. And it's a lot. now I see them all over the place. And I'm like, oh, yeah, there's it's a lot. A I don't, there's certain, there's certain stretches of I-15 I don't drive regularly, but sometimes what if I'm like, you know, doing like a Salt Lake to Provo for some reason, like downtown to Provo, then it's like, oh yeah, there's a lot. Um, yeah. Anyway, so I saw some billboards for Wednesday Adams that, or for the Wednesday show. That's that's what I meant to. That was my point. Mm. Um. Anyway, what else, Matt? What's going on? That's all I got. I don't know. Cool. I. Uh, <laughs> this is what happens when we don't take a full week between episodes. That's true. That's An extra true. day. Not enough has been going on. I. Well, let's see. I um. I've had I've had a little bit of a a week. I 
a, a dear friend of mine who uh, is moved to medical or he moved to West Virginia to go to medical school. He's engaged. He and fi- his fiance mm-hmm. are back in Utah for a little little jaunt. He's been in town since the the holidays, and um, they uh, he's doing his residency right now, which uh, he told me she was telling me that he's working like 80 hours a week at the, the hospital in West Virginia that he's working at, which yeah, is so ridiculous. Residency is brutal. Um, yeah. Don't, don't like that. He's only got two and a half more years of that. So that's probably fine. And, uh, so they were out here. I met up with them on Friday night. Uh, at, at um, we, I, I met them at beer bar, saw some other friends there. It was great. Um, and then on Sunday, uh, my friend Jay convinced Jenny to, he asked me if I'd take their engagement photos and I haven't done engagement photos in a long time, but I was happy to do it for a friend. And I was like, yeah, let's, let's do it. And he, I, I asked him if he had anything in mind and he picked this spot that it's like a pretty common hiking spot for us that we used to hike at all the time in big cottonwood. Um, it's the Milby, the Milby North Fork trail. Uh, the, the, the lower part of it. So you start near the S curve and you might think to yourself, oh, wow, it's winter and there's probably a lot of snow. You'd be correct. So this was a snowshoeing event and it was Mm -hmm. also an event in which Jay, I want to preface this by saying it all, it was, it went super well. Everyone, we had, we had a blast. It was really fun. The photos look really great. Everyone was really glad we did that. I will say that Jay really undersold the effort that it would take to hike this to Jenny, who I will remind you that this is for engagement photos. So there was a level of effort put into getting ready for these photos. Um, And we snowshoed and it was longer than he said uh, because he white lied his way into getting her to agree to that. And she's from Florida and lives in West Virginia and is at uh, the high elevation. So, um, so good times. We, it was, it went really well, all, especially considering all of that. We got to the top and she was like, okay, you're allowed to keep white lying to me as long as it's for my benefit. So it went really well. It was beautiful. There's this really just amazing overlook that, um, that we went to and it was great. The snowshoeing was really fun and it wasn't like too cold. We're in like this weird kind of like warmer winter thing, but we're getting a lot of snow. So there was a lot of snow. It was a little bit warmer. Um, it was great. I want to snowshoe more. Because uh, it's really fun, and it's a good way to hike in the winter. And um, yeah, so I did that. Uh, had some Chan and Tai over the weekend, which was delightful. Mm. Nice. Um, loved that so much. Rocked some DMZ, of course, <laughs> on on Call of Duty. Um, the th- I didn't go into detail, so I got to briefly tell you guys about DMZ. Are you guys familiar with War with Warzone? I am familiar with Warzone in that it's, it's it's a battle Call of Royale. Duty. Okay, yeah, it's it's Fortnite but Call of Duty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, PUBG, I get, I get Fortnite. That. Yeah, Call of Duty version of of that. So it's essentially the same as Warzone, except you actually have like missions you're trying to accomplish. There are AI in the game, so you're fighting against like AI enemies, and then you're also in the game with a, with a bunch of other teams as well. And it's also different because you can join up with other teams while you're in there. You have squads of three, but you can you can max out a squad of six if you like meet another team and you guys agree to join forces instead of just kill each other. Which uh, it's always a risk. Um, anyway, we just had a lot of 
really great rounds over the weekend. Uh, it's very fun and it's very addicting. And uh, some hearts were broken. There were some deep, dark betrayals that took place. Uh, I'll tell you this quick, really quick story. I was, um, you know, I, I was with my with my brother and a friend of ours. And we're playing, <clears throat> and I'm out doing like something by myself. I'm taking I'm I'm taking care of some business. And these two like younger teenagers act like roll up on me in this gigantic like truck, accidentally run me over, and they kill me. And I'm like, I'm like, uh, I was like, that's so rude. And I'm like talking to them. They're like, oh, dude, I'm so sorry. Like, she didn't mean to kill you. Like, she's a murderer. They're just like laughing. I was like, yeah, ha, ha. how about you guys? Like, when you're in this position, I have two teammates who are alive. They can come revive me or I can plead for help from this squad and they can bring me onto their team. So I'm like, hey, get me on your team, revive me and we can all join up. And they're like, oh, OK, yeah, you can you, we'll, we'll, we'll get you back. So I got up, joined their team. They're like, listen, we're just trying to do our own thing. You can go back to your team and just join them. And I was like, okay. It's very notable that I didn't bring my two friends to join this little team of three. I left theirs to join back my friends again. That comes back into play later. And also, basically the point is you get brought in on a helicopter and then you try to leave on the helicopter before the radiation zone expands and covers the whole area. Okay. And you got to do some all this stuff that you can in a limited amount of time. And the stakes are high. If you don't make it out, you lose a lot of stuff. So we do, I go back to my friends and we're like, hang on, we do a bunch of other stuff. We're, we're, we're looting, we're getting money, we're getting gear, we're doing all this stuff. We eventually get into a situation where you have to hit the very last helicopter out of the game, which is something you don't really want to do. But we end up getting on the last helicopter. And at the same time, as we get, as, as, we get there and earlier these two teenagers they explicitly were like hey if you see us again again don't kill us like remember that we saved you and so i get on the heli- we get on the helicopter these two children hop on the helicopter too and they're like hey look it's us it's us like don't kill me and i was like alec do not kill them that's my brother i was like i was like they were the ones that helped me earlier like don't kill them they're cool we're all just going to get on this helicopter and leave together and um they're like, wow, this came full circle. Like, that's amazing. They're just like, we're just talking about how fun that is. And then AI started attacking us. And then my brother just started shooting everything in sight. He killed both of them on the helicopter on the way out. <laughs> and they were so mad. And I, they were so, so sad and so mad. And I don't know. I, my other friend that was with us, he said, I, I, he can only describe that as inflicting like trauma on these children because they were so <laughs> deeply betrayed. That it was just, it was so, and like, they were just yelling at us on the way out. Cause you could, oh, another, another thing with, with Call of Duty right now is that there's something called proximity chat. So if you have that turned yeah. on, you can like talk to people that you're by. And so their dead bodies are just flying away on this helicopter with us. And they're just so upset. I clipped it and I put it <laughs> private on my YouTube channel, but um, it is just, it's crazy. It's, it's, it's a fun game. So that was, that was a fun one. Um, but other than that, I uh, haven't really been watching too much lately uh sundance is coming up i've got some mm. got some tickets oh, for that God. nice um ticket public tickets go on sale thursday some uh for individual tickets um so mm. that's an option for people who are interested um yeah so i'm gonna be watching most of them remotely but i'm gonna be going to a couple couple showings and then yeah i think that's i think that's it i don't i don't really have too much else going on feels like sounds like i'm just googling and like reading like quick descriptors of dmz yeah yeah are you familiar with are you familiar Mm -hmm. with uh 
Escape from Tarkov? I'm not. Okay. This all sounds very Escape from Tarkov-esque, except not at, like just Call of Duty. Yeah. Escape from Tarkov is an incredible game that if it wasn't ridiculously expensive, I would lose hours and hours and hours playing. It all looks like a lot of fun. Mm. And DMZ's like that. I'm down. It's really fun. Sounds it's cool. like it's still in quote beta, so it's a little yeah. there's some bug really annoying. Um, but Keaton, friend of the pod, I need to play with him. He's really into that game. Um, some other people in the Slack hit me up about it. Um, so yeah, I gotta hop gotta hop in with them as well. But yeah, it's uh it's a really fun, fun game mode. It's Is it, uh, uh, console, PC? What are we playing on? All three. So uh, all three Is meaning cross platform? Yes, that's what I meant to say. Is that okay. like my like play with my friends who play are on PC, play with my friends who have Xbox. One of our friends has it on PS4, so it's like a whole it's a whole thing. Okay. So yeah, it's really good. Um yeah, that's it for me. That's it. DMZ oh. all the way. Great game. Um, also, uh, have you guys ended up at all on uh, Cartel TikTok? No. Cartel okay. TikTok? Yeah, so El Chapo's son was captured by Mexican authorities again, first time in like a few years. Uh, and the Sinaloa cartel has like completely waged war on the Mexican government, including the military and police forces okay. <laughs> to try to get him back. And one day I was just scrolling TikTok and all of a sudden um, I started seeing all these videos that I was like, what is going on here? Like, you know, in the early days of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. There were like mm-hmm. videos just kind of surfacing. It was like that, yeah. but it was like clearly in, you know, uh, something that looked like Latin America. And I was like, what is going on here? Turns out that's what it was. And the cartel people are just like posting on TikTok <laughs> all of like what they're up to, which is like shooting at cops. It's crazy. Um, so that was another thing that caught my attention over the last over the last week. Uh, yeah. Mm. Anyway. Okay. Right. Did not know that, I mean, I knew that the cartel was not a fan of the police. Did not know well, that they were, they're like, like going social with it. I mean, maybe they're well, only because they captured things post police career. <laughs> okay. They're only, uh, yeah, they're it's just because they got us, they got Chapo's son. So mm. <clears throat> pretty crazy. All right, should we move on to uh, Real Salt Lake and MLS News? So, I put Sinaloa. and MLS News. There isn't any and MLS News in here. Uh, oh, but maybe there should be. Uh, creators, because I know a guy. Apple TV. There we go. Did you say there was no MLS News? Yeah, I was wrong. Sorry, I was making a joke and barely paying attention. There's, and you said there's no MLS News. I, I was wrong about that. That's Yes. Yeah. I would say that, yeah. Apple TV. Wait, last thing. Sorry, I forgot to mention this. Did you guys like catch any of uh, Donovan Mitchell's return to Utah last night? I watched a long highlight reel today, but so the tweets and the return video. The game itself was crazy. Yeah, Yeah. it looked good. Jazz Uh, won, right? Jazz Mm -hmm. did win because one sixteen to one fourteen, I think. Jordan Clarkson pulled off a seven point play on one possession, which was so funny. Okay, how do you? uh, How does that happen? So the seven point point play happened because Jordan Clarkson shot a th- uh, he shot a three he was fouled on the three shot went in so this is a chance for a four point play mm-hmm. so but they have tried to, a point of emphasis for refs this year is making sure that there's not they're not endangering shooters 
So there's mm, the landing okay. zone for, for for shooters that the defender isn't supposed to encroach on. So they determined that the defender, Karis Levert, it should be mentioned, uh, jumped into Jordan Clarkson's landing zone, which was a little generous. They gave him a flagrant foul on this. So okay. that means Jordan Clarkson now has two chances, two chances at the free throw line to make one shot. So mm-hmm. if he makes the first one, that's the one he gets. If he misses, then he gets the second one to try to make this the free throw. And okay. then the Jazz get the ball. So because it's a flagrant ah, foul. So okay. he All right. uh, made the three, made the free throw, gets, and then the Jazz get the ball again. And then Jordan Clarkson shoots another three, and Karis Levert fouls him again. And then he missed that one, and then he just made all three free throws. So uh, all in the same possession, the Jazz got seven points. And then that basically won them the game because Donovan Mitchell had like 46 points last night. It was crazy. Yeah. Um, but it was it was cute to see how well received he was. I loved that. Oh, that's that's good. Uh, I know there were concerns. There were a lot of concerns. And it was also kind of funny to see everyone from like the governor to the owner of the jazz to like, you know, the, everyone was kind of trying to get out ahead of it and be like, look how great it was. Like everyone be nice. So and <laughs> whether or not that actually needed to happen, uh, I think, you know, it, I'm glad that it was good. But also I think it was reassuring that to know that they're just uh, most people that go to jazz games aren't just like online sickos that have poisoned their brains into thinking that Donovan Mitchell's like uh, oh, that's good. the evil person that they think he is. So yeah, I was going to um, say the Donovan Mitchell hate seems contained to a certain segment of online jazz sure, fan group, absolutely which does. thank goodness they're not real life people. For the most part yeah they don't so, i mean they don't appear to be rolling out in a large contingency to the jazz game so yeah interesting all right real salt lake news uh carlos andres gomez signed which we nice. knew was good, probably going to happen when we recorded last week i don't know if there's too much to say there aside from it's a u22 initiative deal and that's about all we know i don't know it, it should be good i guess uh, the club released a graphic I mean, of him looking huge. Yeah, he doesn't oh, look that man. big in real life. I think he looks like New Who in the graphic. It's like they took New Who's body, put an RSL shirt on he it, does. and then put his head on that. He's like halfway oh, between man. New Who and Akinfenwa. Is what is my <laughs> is what I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm curious how you're both feeling about this. Uh, I know there's a lot of excitement. I think the excitement seems to be coming largely because of the price tag, but I'm a little yeah. concerned that uh, maybe we bought at a bad time uh, because he yeah, was on so, our radar and yeah. then he scored some goals and then we bought him. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, so Elliot on ESPN 700 mentioned that he was on our radar last year. Um, things didn't work out for whatever reason. And uh, Matt, shared i I can't remember if you post them on twitter they're just in slack or whatever but there were two different highlight videos of of this guy Mm -hmm. one of them that was before last season one that was after last season and it's pretty clear which highlight video was way better so we definitely appear to have bought at on a uh, somewhere on the upward trajectory of his price that's pretty significant uh record transfer fee that we've paid um for a guy that has been playing in for a, a a good South, like a good South American team, the team that plays in Copa America. Um, has, I don't know when last time they actually competed for a championship in Copa America, but they're they're like one of the better Colombian sides in a league that's worse than MLS. 
Um, it should be noted. Which is so, something Elliot said, right? Which is something that Elliot explicitly said. So I don't, I don't know what to expect either. I think he's definitely, I want, I'm, I'm more excited to see him than anyone else on the wing other than uh, Saverino. So I think yep. that's good. And we will have a roster discussion later about what we think we're going to be doing. But yeah, um, I don't know. Trevor, Real how do you quick. feel? Real quick, Copa America is the international competition. You're what did I say? Copa, you said Copa oh, America. Sorry, I meant Libertadores. Libertadores is the club that San right. has competes in. Anyway, that's yeah. What I meant. No, my Copa thoughts America's are basically up, so it's been on my brain, and we're playing. Yeah, it. my thoughts are basically that it's cool that the team is spending money. Yeah. Um, whether the team bought early, like I don't know that you can. Or bots young. I guess I don't he's know. Really he's young, really so. young. So like there's definitely still time for him to totally be worth it and maybe for us to sell him on for more money or to not. And that's kind of one of the things that I think will start making MLS like a, a, a real soccer league is if they start spending a couple of million dollars on prospects that don't pan out and turn out to be just kind of regular old players and mm-hmm. if it turns out that this guy doesn't work out and he just becomes not like the superstar that would call for a, a club record breaking transfer fee if he turns out to not be that player like mls teams need to be taking those risks and buying those players and if they don't work out then that's a sign that that team needs to improve its scouting department i think mm-hmm. so Either way, like it, it's either going to work out because we got the player and it, he's a really good player and we got him for really cheap and maybe we sell him for a lot more, or it's a sign that um, our scouting needs to be better. So like it's it's a positive outcome either way, I think. And I think it's very that, like I said, you. he he's young enough that like there's still plenty of time for him to be good and worth the money. Yeah. And we've got him on such a long deal that yeah I'm, I'm not i'm not too worried about it but i'm not like mm-hmm. super stoked because simply just because i don't know anything about the guy yeah at this point you kind right. of just have to trust the team that they've done the scouting um he scored a couple goals last year good for him i my concern really lies with where he's gonna play it seems like he pretty much plays Saverino's position uh-huh. and that means that we're either gonna he's either not going to play because Saverino's playing in his position or we're going to be forcing one of them out of their position. From what they said on uh, ESPN 700 is that they expect them to play opposite of each other. So I don't know if that means Sava on the left or right, but it's going to be, they're going to be opposite wing. Yeah. Yeah. If they can, if they can find a way to put both of them on the field. Yeah. Great. I think it's definitely a position where we have so many players that are all like the same level, like, Miram Chang, um, who else do we have playing on the wing? Julio, like they're not. There's not like a clear Ruby on the wing last year too. Yeah, there's not like a clear winner there, like a clear number one. There's Saverino, obviously, but after Saverino, like it's just kind of whoever's fit and healthy and and has a lot of energy. Great if this guy could be uh, our staple on the wing. Yeah, I would love to like answer the question of like what is our starting three or front three like look like and who is it? And like, it's obvious. I would love if this guy answers that question. Yeah. I have no idea if he's going to. 
So well, one of the interesting things for me there is that Saverino's time at right wing uh, vastly outweighs his time on the left. Yep, and yep. I know there's there's a perspective going around right now that Saverino can play on the left and it'll be just fine. And that may be true, um, but we don't have evidence of that. You know, I'd rather I'd much rather see him on the left uh, than as a striker, I will say. And I felt like yeah. when he moved back to playing wing last year, a lot of his time I think was on the left. And uh, also I remember like back in the days of when we had Plata, Saverino, Sam Johnson, our front three of, of <laughs> only, only gods could dream of um, Plata and Sava switch sides pretty regularly. Yeah. Kind of yeah. Um, so I'm like, I'm not too worried about it. As long as Sava's on the wing, then like, I feel good about it. I just yeah, don't, right. yeah. I, I can't see him at striker anymore, but we don't have to worry I about that because Demir, Demir's back. So yeah, I feel the same way about that, that I did kind of at the end of last season when I was talking about, um, cause we had Sava playing a few different positions, playing as a 10, playing as a few different, th- and we had a couple other players like Rubio that was playing out on the wing and basically about that time i said that you should have your best players playing their best positions and that means sava playing right wing and if we have to shoehorn in gomez on the left and maybe he's not primarily a left-sided player like i would rather have yeah him be the one that shoehorned rather than shoehorn sava somewhere else to make the less talented guy work in that position so i think that's probably we'll we'll see how it works well i'm not gonna say probably that's that's i could see that being feasible for sure so yeah. there's one other potential outcome here that uh, I think certain figures have started talking about publicly. He doesn't uh, play at all for the well, next three years. Okay, no, there is there is that, <laughs> uh, and honestly, I wouldn't be shocked. Uh, no, it's uh, people have mentioned that he has played fullback in the past. <laughs> um, there's no way we're gonna do a three-five-two with him as or a three-five. Wait, three four three with him as a left wing back or there's whatever. Absolutely, a way that we're going to do that. Yeah, like, no, that's the thing. I don't, I don't, I'm not outside. There's, it. there's nothing formation wise that I think is outside the realm of, poss- realm of possibility with Pablo. Yeah, because Pablo's such a like hustle and grind culture guy that like formations <laughs> are just like suggestions and guidelines. Yeah, and he is just going to put out whatever. So yeah, I could definitely see it. I'm not at all excited about that prospect is, because apparently yeah. he hasn't played as a left. Like he came into Minarios as a left back, and then they were like, "Oh, you're way better in this other position. Let's play you there." And so I think it would be ridiculous for a team to see that Undo evolution that. and go. Tell you what, let's go back to where you were really bad before. Yeah, I will say that. Uh, L- not really well, bad. We're going to find out. You know what I mean. Yeah, we're going to find out how in sync Elliot and Pablo are on this because Elliot explicitly talked about him as attacking talent yeah. and like as a forward, like he not mm-hmm. not just like a wing player, like a Tate Schmidt, who's like a defender hybrid or an Andrew Brody, like literally this guy's like a forward and that's like the goal. So, yeah, if he doesn't end up playing there, it's going to be really funny, but I uh, I wouldn't expect it. Yeah, and I do think like we we do need to think about whether he plays. And uh, that's where I've got my biggest question. Because we did see Diego Luna get two starts uh, from the time he signed in a position that we needed. Uh, at least I would argue we needed it. Um, but then he had, you know, small amounts of minutes after that. Yeah. 
But Diego Luna didn't have a full preseason, Matt. That's what you're forgetting. So, like, hmm. how could we possibly expect Diego Luna to have contributed at all last season? Well, speaking of players that will have a full preseason, um, we also signed Delance Pierre, the brother of Bobby Pierre, who uh, plays for Real Monarchs. Uh, he, where did he play? He was a uh, college player at Delance Portland. played at the University of Portland for four yeah. years. And I think he was... At the RSL Academy before that? Yeah. Yeah. He graduated He's a homegrown from the player, RSL. right? Yes. He is a homegrown player. Okay. So uh, he primarily, it's, it seems like he plays probably center back, is what I remember yeah, seeing. That's what I saw. Yeah. Uh, which will, uh, well, we'll get into that a little bit of that as we move forward. Um, but before we get there, uh, Zach McMath's contract has been extended through 2024 with an option for 2025 how um, old is zach mcmath now uh 33 30, maybe 30 I 31 he's 31. 31. 31 he's 31. 31 okay um yeah that's cool i guess hopefully I guess. uh so that's this year next year option for the year after that right yeah can, can okay. we can we make sure he doesn't have bad service this year and can I don't think so. We cannot make sure about that at all. Can't double check or try to improve or change that. (laughs) Okay. I think this is like this is what Pablo wants, right? Is this long ball out of the back at all opportunities? Well, the only problem with that is like there were a lot of bad giveaways because sometimes he didn't have the power to play the long ball he thought he was trying to play or that he was attempting to play. Yeah, and we gave up some goals like that. So I would really exactly. like to not exactly. see that happen. Kyle, this is the negativity we were talking about. Sorry, um, I just don't. Sorry, try it is negative do. of me to not want Zach to give up goals for RSL. That's a negative of me to say. You're just complaining now. I am complaining. Yeah. I'm complaining that Zach has gave up some goals that I felt like he shouldn't have. But yeah, yeah, he's an all star though in my heart. I just yeah, was, I, I want us to look like, snub pretend to be modern, uh, but yeah. instead we're anything but. I don't <laughs> I know. Love it. We, we're not going to be able to pretend to be modern. Until, Should no, we with this coach? We resigned yeah. our our uh, our other goalkeeper. Tomas yeah, so Gomez. Tomas Gomez returns. Uh, no, no indication what his deal is. I wouldn't be shocked if it's a one year deal. Um, yeah. Well, it was a Monarchs deal last year. That got upgraded to an emergency MLS deal. So <laughs> why minimum salary? Why? Because I mean, we just had because did we actually David plan Ochoa on playing? Situation and well, else was yeah, injured. but he, we we did. I didn't seem like we were ever really planning on injured playing David Ochoa. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Who was well, the he third was, goalkeeper he was signed... that was on our roster before Tomas Gomez? Do we have a third goalkeeper? Yeah, Gavin Beavers and Jeff Dusnip. Now Jeff Dusnip. Has since retired from professional soccer. Good for him. Uh, so I, I guess so. Hope it's what he needs. Gavin, Gavin's GK three. Then it seems like, and was he is then now? Too, I guess yeah. well, he was then too before we signed Gomez, right? Uh, right, but then, but yeah, or was he four yeah. then? I think Gavin I was. He's signed. like sixteen, isn't he? He's a little older than that. I thought Gavin he was eighteen, nineteen. No, he he's is not now seventeen. He's seventeen. Seventeen. Yeah. Okay. Well, I can't wait for him to start playing. He's I love Gavin. Yeah, we had Ochoa, McMath, and Beavers. 
and Gomez was signed to the Monarchs, and then the Ochoa situation, whatever, he got upgraded to the pro team, to the first team, at the same time that Leffelson did. Yeah. Gomez was, so. Yeah. So he's sticking around. Uh, I don't think he's played a single minute for either team. That's not unusual for a backup goalkeeper, I guess. But I thought uh, he played a game oh, did or he two play for, a little bit for the for Monarchs? Monarchs? During a, so. a break, maybe? Oh, he was, maybe it was, I'm just thinking, I think he was on the bench for them at least a couple of times. Maybe that's uh, what I'm thinking of. Let's look really quick at transfer market while we talk about the next item, uh, which is that Eric Holt has resigned. This one surprised me. Uh, his contract runs until 2025 with Gomez an option for 26. In the League's Cup showcase match against Atlas FC. I'd like to think that match never happened. Yeah. Except for the Aaron Herrera goal. So, uh, yeah, Eric Holt returns. Um, and I think a lot of people have feelings about this for better or worse. I have feelings about it. And my big feeling is why? But uh, curious why, why bring him back? Yeah. I mean, or why, why do people sign, have feelings about it? Why sign him to a long term deal here? Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't know. Cause he didn't play at all for two thirds of the season last year. And he was, yeah. I don't know how much of that he was injured for, but. There was fully a third of it, I believe, he was injured. Um, caught an injury in the fifth game of the season uh, to his plantar fascia. Yeah. And uh, it's something foot-related, that's all I know. And then he was at the center of a pretty bad uh, match against Vancouver in which he uh, he just wasn't tight to his player, but he'd come in as a, like a 79th-minute substitute with RSL up 1-0 at home and we we loaded the back yeah which, that was uh, i hope bummer. we learned our lesson there not just in he that didn't. match but like in the playoffs and ah bleh. i'm not complaining that was i didn't like that yeah i don't um, um i don't care yeah i don't really feel extension. i don't feel like too i don't, crazy I don't feel strongly it. either way i really feel like he's a supplemental roster third, fourth, fifth string center back. You have to fill out the roster with some players. And if Eric Holt wants to stay here for the next four years and be the fourth choice center back, uh, that's fine. I don't. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. That's cool with me. Welcome back. If the yeah. team is like thinking that he's going to be like a starting center back, like I have a problem with that because he's not, yeah. but as a guy that like just filling a position that has to be filled by somebody, I'm fine with it being a homegrown player named Derek Holt. Like he's not yeah, sure. taking up a whole bunch of money. He's not taking a valuable roster spot from anybody else of value. So like, whatever. So here's the the thing I do worry about. And that's that we've got Haziel Orozco oh, yeah. who played good minutes and yeah. had showed good potential. Uh, but we, I mean, if we've got Eric Holt back for another three years, are we intending to play young players? We talk a lot about youth, right? And how the focus of the club should be on youth and development. Mm -hmm. uh, and we sign a whole bunch of young players, but if they never play, and I'm not saying the 14 year olds need to play, uh, but we have players in the 18 to 20 range, 17 to 20 range. I don't know. That's yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like if, 
Eric Holt is taking minutes away from Hazi or even Farnsworth. Like that's where I have a problem with him signing a long-term deal. If he's just going to be a practice squad guy that occasionally makes the bench and maybe like in emergency situations when you just need experience at center back, like that's really what he brings to the team. But if, if he's like genuinely taking minutes away from Hazi, like I'm going to get a little heated about that because like Hazi should be the third choice occasionally starting to spell out glad or Silva mm-hmm. um, to give them a rest that ideally should be the plan. If we're a developing club, if we're a club that's going to develop homegrowns and turn them into pros, we are, they, they don't talk or, about that anymore. They, I don't know the last time they talked about developing young players. In fact, I will even say that in that Elliot interview yesterday, he mentioned that one of the reasons they were comfortable with getting rid of Aaron Herrera was that they brought in uh, Brian Oviedo. So, which is another in the thing twilight of his really career. Stupid thing to talk about, but yeah, and yeah, well, it's like well, so that it was that, and they freed up more money. Like that, that's that's true. Uh, as we talked about last week. Aaron Herrera is one of the better paid right backs in the league, but as Matt Doyle pointed out, he's one of the better right backs in the league. Um, and the Elliot felt like it gave them more flexibility elsewhere and bringing in Oviedo, he felt, uh, gave them enough flexibility to not need Aaron as much, which I don't get cause they don't play the same position. Yeah. But I guess he really, he means that what he's means, what he's saying is that it allows Andrew Brody to start instead of, Aaron and Andrew yeah. Brody's cheaper considerably well, my, cheaper right yeah my beef is that for the last several years um one of the staples of the RSL offseason is the signing of homegrown players mm-hmm. young and old homegrown players recently graduated from college like Dylan Spierre or really young guys um to keep them here and we had the same thing happen this offseason so if we're not trying to develop these players why are we signing them yeah, I mean, we'll like, see. A you, lot of the guys need, that we've signed that you're talking about are are pretty young. I know people will still say like Axel. Is it K or Kai? I can't remember now. I think it's Kai. I think that's I think where landed he landed on Kai. Kai, okay. He switched it back, I remember. So yeah. people are like, you know, depth charts showing Axel Kai as, you know, third string striker. Uh, he's still 14 or 15. Yeah, um, That's not going to happen. Uh, so the, there are, I mean, to their credit, they signed to these younger guys. A lot of them are 14, 15, 16 or 17, but you know, we have other young guys who I'm not, I don't know what the plan is. We'll talk in a little bit about Diego Luna, but like it, he's on the U 22 initiative and we rarely hear about that. And I don't know. Yeah. I genuinely don't know what the plan is for him. I mean, we uh, signed garbage minutes. Let's see. Yes. So we signed Luis Rivera. Yeah. And we also signed Delance Pierre. And I feel like I'm missing one more. We do but have like, our draft picks, but oh yeah, we got a couple draft. Well, that's one of those draft picks is the about. same age as Aaron Herrera, right? Isn't that what you pointed out, Matt? Uh Emeka and Nelly. So he was yeah, also Nelly. Emeka yeah, well, oh, he was he was part of the he was the draft pick we got back from Montreal because Elliot explicitly yeah. mentioned Amelie as being like part of the return we got for Aaron, yep. who's basically the same age as Aaron. So. Yeah. Well, and that's so, that's why I hate the draft. You're younger. You're in half. Draft is really stupid, and we can talk about that for a while, but 
if this team is going to be signing, this is my point. If this team is going to be signing young kids out of the academy or former academy kids who went to college and then they're signing, if this team is signing those every single off season, they should be developing those players or why are we signing them? Yeah. So, so if they don't you're going to, so yeah, okay. If you're going to put Hazi Orozco on the same roster as Eric Holt, Eric Holt's 25 now, 24, 25. I think he might be 26 now. He's a, he's been a pro for like six years now. 26. You're, you're, yeah. You're done developing Eric Holt. Eric Holt is what he is. You need to be developing Hazi. And that means giving him spot starts and coming in off the bench and stuff like that. So if you're putting Eric Holt ahead of Hazi, you're not developing players. And if you're not developing players, why are you still signing players every single off season from the Academy? Like yeah. you need to be on the same page with that. Like one of those things you either need to be doing both or none. Like that's, that's the way it is. And like, yeah, it's one of the most frustrating things about the way that this team builds their roster over the last four years is that they continue to do that and continue to not play young players. And if, yeah, so that's, that's my thoughts on the Eric Holt four year extension or whatever it is, is <laughs> if he's going to be, it is four years ahead of Hazy. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was the 2026 option. That's a yeah. huge contract, right? Maybe not in, in money, but that stability and good yeah. for him for having that stability. Yeah. Happy for him. that. Nobody's mad about that, but it's just the mentality behind the signing and the planning behind the signing. And with a coach like Pablo, I feel like he wants to keep Eric Colt around because he likes Eric Colt's style of play. Yep. Which makes me think he's going to play Eric Colt ahead of Hazi, <laughs> which sucks. And it's going to suck. And I'm going to continue to call it out if that's what happens. I thought you didn't have strong feelings about this signing. I don't have strong feelings about Eric Holt. I don't, I'm not mad about Eric Holt signing. I don't think that he's bad enough that we should have not signed him. I don't think he's great enough that like we definitely needed to lock him down. That that's not my opinion on the Eric Holt signing. It's what it means in terms of developing players. Yeah, I think that's fair. Well, uh, let's move on to our next uh, rumor that's been popping up because uh, one general manager of Real Salt Lake, uh, said that this player who we thought was out of the running uh, is back in the running, and that's Sergio Cordova, who we're uh, nice. targeting. Who they targeting. call Serge a lot. Yeah. It's shorter. He's, he's not back in the running. Uh, I think he is. Yeah. I know I know that Elliot Falls said what Elliot no, Falls said. No. Sergio tweeted an hourglass emoji. I don't believe <laughs> any of that. Sergio, Sergio is going to be back on this roster in a few weeks. Please <laughs> do not manifest that into existence. No, I, I'm not manifesting anything. That's set in stone, baby. I, don't, yeah. I know what's going on. I He's going to be back to on this roster. Happen. And then it's going to be so fun when we talk about what our roster plan is or like what we plan on doing. Yeah, so Sergio Cordova might be coming back. He's tweeted out an hourglass emoji. He's clearly trying to send some signals. He did say goodbye already. We said goodbye to him, but I have a feeling he'll be he'll be back. Can so. you imagine? We did we did like the whole friggin' oh my god. We gave Cordova like the highlight, real thank you video message. If He's we can get the same out and then back. bring him back, yeah, what's wrong with that's that? That's unbelievable. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's so bad. <laughs> I mean, they had to say something that he was gone. So it's like, 
Might as well yeah, give them that's the video. That's what I'm saying. Like, wh- you don't put that video out if there's still like somebody do. in the office being like, hey, maybe, you know, he might come back. We're still talking to people. I think you put Elliot in front of a microphone sooner, right? And he says, hey, we're still we're still yeah. working on trying to bring him back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah why didn't he say somebody, that like a month ago? <laughs> somebody's got to like, this again, this is Elliot not being on the same page with Pablo, but now Elliot's not on the same page with the social media team. Like somebody's got to have an email sent to somebody being like, Hey, we're going to post this thing because it's done. I don't think it's a big deal to post the video. I think we should be posting more highlight videos of just people doing everyday tasks, let alone players kicking, (laughs) scoring goals. I want to see more highlight videos. I want to see more fan cams and it doesn't even need to necessarily be like a goodbye. It's just like, Hey, in case you need a little pick me up, here's a little (laughs) highlight video. Yeah. Here's Justin Glad doing his laundry. Posting videos. Yeah, exactly. I'm just saying that once you post a goodbye message, you can't then a month later bring the player back. Yes, you can. We're going to. And it's going to be awesome. He's going to score seven really good goals this year. (laughs) All right. Next item. Real quick. Can I pose a question for you guys? Sure. On the topic of of bringing in strikers. I don't think think we should do it. We should play without a striker. Like Everton did that one, like three week period in 2006. Yeah. Do you know who uh, is up on the trading block right now? Who? Kai Kamara? Kai Kamara? Oh, Please yeah. bring in Kai Kamara. <laughs> I saw you tweeted. You've been asking for this for 20 years, but Wait. it's like for real. Oh, it's here's, like, here's what we do, though. We bring in Kai Kamara. We play both him and Axel K- Kai uh, at the same time in a two striker formation. And we call it Axel Kai Kamara. And I think nice. that on its own is worth it. Um, I think but so their too. Ages would average out to be like a good 25 year old striker. I think so too. I, I love that idea. And I hate that we're never in the running for like a player like that. Like consistent those, like, goal scorers, proven MLS goal scorers. Just like one of those guys. Give me, give me one of those. Everyone got Chad Barrett. That was kind of funny. <laughs> I do remember um, that. Chad Barrett was like, I mean, he had a club, was, club legend. Was Chad it a, Barrett. a concussion that kept him out? I don't. Know. I think it was a. Uh, it was no, something. He had a he, series of concussions in his career that meant like times, more concussions. How many times did he even play for RSL? I don't even know. I think oh, he. I think he scored three goals because I looked this up a while ago. I think he scored three goals and played like fifteen games or something like that. I don't remember any of his goals. I'm not three games, one. zero goals. <laughs> oh, okay, so there's a three. There's a three. Was in there. it three games in fifteen minutes? Oh, 65 God, minutes. Be. Three shots. Anyway, he's only, 30, that, that he's only 37 right now. Like he was. So that was yeah, he kind of early retired there. Yeah, I, it's series of injuries, right? Just. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anyway, we should go get a, a good number nine that can definitely score goals and has scored goals in this league for Trevor, years, are and you years, saying, and years and years and years and years. Are you saying we need a finisher? <laughs> Yeah. So that brings us to our next item on the agenda. And that's that two Real Salt Lake Academy team members have been named to the <laughs> Finland U17 <laughs> national team. Hey. Thank you for the courtesy laugh. Uh, it's Gershon so Henry good. and uh, Gabriel or Gabriel Oksanen. I have you know we no had idea Finnish where you were going with that. But that's incredible, Matt. I appreciate that very much. You're welcome. Uh, yeah. Gershon Henry, 
I mean, I think he's played for the uh, U.S. side, the U.S. U-17s. Um, I know nothing about him having finished anything, but good for him. Um, and then o- Oksanen, uh, this is the first time I've heard his name. Uh, good for him. But uh, he's already been, actually, it's the second time he's been named to the uh, the uh, U-17 national team. So, I don't know, maybe you get to bring a friend. <laughs> yeah, I think that's how you That's so weird. I had board. no idea yeah. that we had two Finnish national kids in the academy, but shout out to both of them. Yeah. Uh, Oksanen has been in the academy for almost a year. So, if he leaves now, then we could get him in the draft for uh, and spend a bunch of money on him. But. I honestly don't have anything else to say about the Pablo. I just saw the Pablo in the folding clothes thing. (laughs) Uh, I think we need to talk about this. This is serious business. We are a very serious podcast. I was talking about or listen to this. So it was really excited. He was talking about the importance of culture. Uh, Notice like it should be noted that winning is never part of (laughs) any of these culture discussions. It's never mentioned. You might have heard the term winning culture before. That's not a thing we do it's here. That's not but I will what we're trying to do. The culture that Pablo's building. He did explicitly call out the fact that it's really important to like the way they, they fold and put away their clothes. I'm assuming like assuming after a game, like their jerseys, their kits. Um, and look, I think you should be respectful to the equipment managers who deal with all of that. But um, it was just, I mean, it was interesting to see him call that out explicitly as something being very important. I, this is why I never made it as a pro athlete, actually. I'm really good at leaving my clothes in a, a basket, a clean clothes basket, they call it. And then all the dirty clothes, of course, don't want to be intermingled. So they go on the floor. There we go. Yeah. So that's why Matt's not on RSL right now. He wouldn't fit in yeah. the culture yeah. of folding clothes. I think I'm glad that they're folding their clothes. <laughs> Are we potentially reading too much into yeah some silly but that's what we do on this podcast yeah (laughs) well the funny is it's like the funny thing is i love when he does his culture rants because he like he he does these pretty often he talks about the things that are really important and i love the things that he says like yeah we're reading too much into him but he very he like purposely says certain things and -hmm. whether it's like you know he gets a he looks at a player's eye he looks at a player in the eyes to know if they're like ready to go or, you know, he's judging them based on like their, you know, I just think we should be putting really good soccer players on a field to have them win games. But I do think folding clothes is great. So I'd like to transition here to talk about uh, what Eric Holt said in his, uh, in the uh, press release. Was Eric Holt the one? Resigning. Am I, I'm, I'm going to spoil what you're talking about. No, I'm just going to read it. Here we go. Um, (laughs) We have a phenomenal player-led culture here, one which helps me improve on and off the field each and every day, not just as a player, but as a person. In our locker room, we are all leaders, holding each other accountable to control our actions and own our habits for the group's success. I heard that, quote, crew hell is when the person you are meets the person you could have been, unquote, end quote. Along those lines, I'm excited to continue to become the best I can, always fighting for this club and our fans. Eric Holt didn't say that. <laughs> like I'm According he, to this press release, he did. I am going on record as disputing that those are the words that Eric Holt said in that order. Eric Holt probably Release said, the like, tapes. Some, Release the tapes. <laughs> he 
probably said like something along the lines of that to somebody who was like asking him questions. And then they were like, let's just combine all of the things that he said and take out all the goofy things. And let's just like spice some of this up and just put that into the press release. That's not a direct quote from Eric Holt. He probably said some of those words, but not all of those words and not in that order. I'd like to now read what Zach McMath said upon re-signing. Okay. We have created a great culture around the club, and I hope to continue to add to that culture for years to come. As a group, we have a lot to be excited about heading into 2023, and I speak for everyone in the locker room when I say we cannot wait for our home opener on March 11. He didn't say that either. Um, Not according to this press release. He was like, yeah, I'm happy to sign a deal. That's really awesome that you guys are going to keep paying me to play goalkeeper. And I like this team. That's probably closer to what he said than what you just read. All right. So I'd like to also read what Tomas Gomez said in his press release. This is the <clears> one <throat> that I think I enjoy the most. I'm really excited to be back in Salt Lake for another year. I really believe in the culture that Pablo has developed here. <laughs> Notably, he mm-hmm. did not call it a player-led culture. So uh, he's going to be on the bench instead of starting, I think. Uh, we embrace what I call a, quote, grinding mentality, which yes. is necessary to adhere in daily life, which is necessary to adhere to in daily, sorry, which is necessary to adhere to daily in order to succeed over the length of the season. As for me, I'm here to contribute to the team in whatever capacity I'm needed for each day. I believe there's a lot of potential within this group, and now it's up to us to execute this on the day-to-day to achieve our 2023 goals across multiple competitions. Nope, didn't say that either. Somebody just straight up wrote that. Somebody sent him a text and was like, hey, let me just check and make sure. Uh, you like the you like Salt Lake? You like pl- you you want to contribute to this team for the future? And he was just like, yep. And they're like, great, we're going to put these words in your mouth. And he was like, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, that, the fact that it all three of like them have the all, same voice. <laughs> These sounds like testimonials from like uh, one of those saying. weird boys camps that like these weird <laughs> grifter MLM guys around here are trying to get people to sign. This sounds like the Jimmy Rex boys camp testimonials. This is, is what this, this sounds is like. finance bro stuff. Like I don't think it's as interesting as finance bro stuff. <sighs> it's a grinding mentality. First yeah. off, can we talk about? Well, aren't we Never not mind. a grit and grind team? I I think we oh, had that conversation abs- last year. Absolutely a grit and grind team, and I affording hate it because I would like to be a winning team. Like Kyle said, I I wish these guys would talk more about winning games rather than like why is that so hard? Why does it feel like pulling teeth to get somebody to talk about (laughs) playing the game that we're all talking about? Like, yeah, it is so weird to me that no, that we never talk about winning games and winning trophies. This the the culture should be winning trophies. I don't care. I, I don't know about what, what's player-led or coaching-led. Like, wins, win some trophies. That's what the I The closest about. we got out of all of those was achieving our goals across multiple competitions or whatever Tomas said. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which, like... Chasing hardware across... Yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Goals oh, wasn't that out. ambitious. Yeah, no <laughs> hardware comment. That's what I would have expected them to say. Um, yeah, no. Multiple competitions. But one of those competitions is the competition of life. And one of those competitions is the competition <laughs> of who looks Pablo in the eyes the best or who folds their clothes the best. All these are competitions. And the goals are to win those competitions, maybe. 
Maybe if some I, of these players just, take second jobs at like retail outlets, they can get honestly, really good at folding clothes. That's true. I honestly feel like I'm being trolled here with these. Like, there's someone whoever wrote these statements for these players is like, we're explicitly leaving out anything about playing well or winning games. Because <laughs> yeah, I just I I don't know, man. Like, okay, I know it's Gareth Bale, but like when you watched Gareth Bale just completely destroy. Justin Glad and Zach McMath. Was anyone thinking about like the culture of anything there? Or when you saw Gareth Bale again score the like, game tying header in the MLS Cup, was somebody like that? Like winning culture means making ambitious signings and performing in big moments and winning right, trophies. We, we don't do that, so we can't talk about it. So we just have to talk about this stuff. Our focus is yeah. the hustle and grind of you know. Being a professional athlete. Like the culture of Gareth Bale was like always making jokes about how he does just wants to golf. And then he won them a title. Yes. <laughs> and then retired. <laughs> and then retired. Well, and, and then, then, they're probably relieved. He, hold on. Yeah. Then he went to the World Cup and played in the World Cup. And then retired. Yeah, he yeah. yeah, that's true. He uh exactly. And also cost them barely any money because like the rest of his contract was like the I don't know how much of that was, was guaranteed right? forward. But yeah. So he's no yeah. longer on the He's no longer a DP or wasn't a DP. He's no longer taking any of that allocation money. But anyway. Incredible. Just incredible vibes. It's um, awesome. So, so if he retired this, really quick. Uh, sorry, yeah. I've got a question. Yeah. Because we knew that his deal was like backloaded. So that half season, mm-hmm. like he wasn't being paid a lot, but his contract the next year was going to be like huge or something, right? But it was an option yeah, he, year. It was yeah. an option year? But it was a player option, I believe. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, then maybe that Weird, answers the question. I was going to say like. done. If yeah. he retires, does he get paid out any of that contract at all? I can't imagine he does, okay. which I he probably doesn't care about, right? I'm sure he doesn't, <laughs> but I just thought that'd be a hilarious way for LA to be like, please come here. We're going to front load your con or back load your contract, but then you'll just retire and we'll pay you out. We'll have to buy you out at the end of the year anyway, so you'll just get paid all of it. Yeah, I think they're more relieved than anything, honestly. There um, was I- a quote from somebody there that said that they were a little cheese because they were expecting him back for preseason and he didn't like tell them until like the day before or something like that yeah i love that like the day before he announced it was when he told the club that he wasn't going to be back and that upset some people yeah which is whatever dude yeah i think it's very very funny funny. um anyway i was going to say that uh with all this culture we could probably start a cheese shop there you go there's (laughs) there's the joke that's good nailed it nailed it thanks thanks i've been working on that one for a whole 30 seconds uh so the final thing uh you know it goes really well with cheese uh and that's apples and actually cheese and apples like get some sea hive uh from beehive uh cheese sorry kyle uh but it goes really well with apples so uh a little testimonial for apples there uh i did get some interesting apples recently uh from the asian market that were incredibly sweet uh that's all. What kind of apples are they? I have forgotten the name. So okay. I'll have to look at the bag okay. later. Uh, so yeah, the Apple TV. Apple TV cast of commentators has been announced. Uh, notably, Brian Dunseth did not appear in the initial list, uh, but Jonathan Tannenwald over at the Philadelphia Inquirer, I believe, yes, uh, has reported that, that Dunny is basically signed. Yeah, in the initial mm-hmm. release, they called it an initial list of player or players of like commentators and analysts and all that crap. And then it 
in the fine print, it said like the complete list will be announced. I think they said before the first game, January, 20, I don't remember. Anyway. Yeah. So the initial list didn't include Dunny, um, but we're told that it will at some point and there's going to be more people added to do broadcast. And the really exciting bit was all the fine print in the athletic article that I think it was day school and Pablo Maurer put together. Maybe it's Tenorio. Anyway, a couple of the MLS guys put together a list of all the stuff, like all the non-game content that teams are going to have to put out. Um, And there's going to be like a bunch of it. I don't have the list in front of me and I'm not going to go over it, but they got to produce like a whole bunch of shorter videos um, about the team and about the team culture and about community outreach and like all kinds of stuff that are like baked into this deal. And I think RSL is pretty well poised to put out that's what it sounded like really, it sounds like the teams that really are already good material doing, yeah the teams that are already doing well on that front are gonna continue doing well and a lot of teams yeah. have a lot of ground to make up so. yeah yep but that'll be really cool. interesting and that'll be a lot of fun um something else to look forward to as part of the deal just all the additional content that we're gonna get all right we've got a a a late minute or late minute last minute addition to the uh, rsl oh. and mls news what? And that's a rumors that have surfaced while we've been recording this podcast. Did that sound exciting enough? I really tried. Uh, this isn't that, a new rumor. No, it, it's well, a it's a back new, again. New iteration of the rumor. And that's like Christian Ramirez is reportedly a target for Real Salt Lake. Uh, he'd that's be moving cool. over from Aberdeen. He's thirty-one. I he should mention that uh, Christian Dyer says Columbus is the front runner. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. He's got to be on some kind of allocation list or discovery or something like that, right? Minnesota. Let's see. Currently, Aberdeen, RSL, San Jose Earthquakes in the mix. Columbus. I'm seeing Columbus, RSL, and San Jose. Yeah. He was recently, he was last with the Dynamo. Mm-hmm. Before, oh, he was transferred. Sold, but not for a huge sum. Not for big enough okay, to so- go on that list. Okay, yeah, I was going to say, so if he was sold, then that means Dynamo doesn't have, like, the bona fide deal, yeah. right of first refusal. That so he, it goes back to Discovery, I guess? I don't, I don't yeah, know. I, I hate it. Something, I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. Okay, okay so RSL cool. is in for a dude that wants to come back from Scotland. Cool. Yeah. Uh, he's 10 goals and 41 appearances with Aberdeen. It's not great. In how many appearances did he say? 41. 41, okay, yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. I don't about know. A one in four clip, which is pretty much what he's been doing his whole career. So yeah, he had a really good season in 2014 with Minnesota United. Uh scored 14 and 30, uh, but never came close to that again. So uh do you know why he got a bunch of playing time in 2014? 2014 or 2017? I thought you were talking about the 2014 season. Oh, he no. scored a bunch. Oh, he scored 12 and 14 in 2014. Yeah, why? Tell, tell us more. It was only after first-choice striker Pablo Campos suffered a torn ACL in preseason. Oh. Wow. And there we go, Friend. full circle. Uh, so we'll see if anything comes of that. Uh, I am i don't think it's likely. I think we're the team tacked on to make it seem more interesting. Or Yeah, we're just probably. interested, but like we're not going to push for it. I wouldn't expect us to. Yeah. Who's coaching at Columbus crew now? Oh, oh Caleb, it's Porter. Wilfred, Caleb Porter got fired. I thought Caleb oh. Porter got fired. It's, oh, it's Wilfred Nazi, the former Montreal coach. Oh, Wilfred Nazi. 
Nope. <laughs> Ever it makes it, get, it sounds like it's Nazi every single time. Wilfred it's Nazi like, is like an extremely Nazi name, though. <laughs> Wilfred Nazi French, but uh, Vil, he's Wilfred definitely French. Nazi. He's definitely black. His name is. I'm just saying. Nazi. The name Vil, Wilfred Nazi is a very Nazi the, name to have. If you were a Nazi. The made-up name Wilfred Nazi. Yeah, I'm not saying this guy. I'm talking about some white German guy named Wilfred Not Nazi. <laughs> So uh, this is going to be You're the right. last episode of Off the Crossfire. <laughs> is there that's a more Nazi to, name to have than just the, the name Nazi? I don't think so. No, I don't anyway, think that that's even possible. I don't think so either. But Vilfred out there, wherever he is, not in Columbus, that's for sure, is trying. I was, I was just about to Google that to see if that person exists, and I don't I, think I, I'll be doing that. Can't, can't yeah, I know. You're allowed to Google Nazi, but okay. Well, speaking of Vilfred, uh, let's let's have a quick discussion about uh, RSL's roster going into this season. We've got a lot of question marks up in the air, like yeah. Demir coming back, and is Demir actually healthy? Uh, is where is he? Where in the world is he going to play? Because I don't know what our best formation is anymore. We tried a bunch of different stuff last year. Last time yeah. Demir played with us, we used him as a striker. Is it still going to be a striker? Well, lots so- of questions. Elliot Fall in recent interviews has indicated he'd probably play at striker, right? Probably, yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, he's, I don't, we don't see him as a midfielder anymore. Although I do think him in a midfield three made up of uh, Ojeda and maybe Awful Cinder Ruiz would be good. Um, yeah. I don't think that we see him as a, as like an eight or a six. That's for sure. Um, no, but I so think maybe a 10 is perfectly reasonable. Yeah, but we barely play with a 10. And we yeah. also have Diego Luna, who's on the bench, uh, yeah. kind of just hanging out. And we don't seem to have a much of a plan for him. I was t- I was talking to these boys about this yesterday, but I was like, I mean, I read a lot about Diego Luna in like USMNT circles and like people who are into the youth national teams. And there's a lot of people who are really excited about him and are high on him being a potential prospect if he were to break through for being on like the like the World Cup roster in 2026 if he were to like really make some some leaps um but right now he's just kind of riding the bench with us and not getting a lot of time uh and I don't know what the plan is there cuz he's probably a 10 but we don't really play in a 10 focused way he's a 10 in my eyes he's a 10 in mine too um so yeah pretty pretty weird stuff going on Trevor what do you think about Demir um, I can tell you that on the preseason roster, they grouped it by positions, and Demir Krylock is listed under an attacking midfielder. Okay. Nice. So, so 10 then. There's four contracted players that are also that are listed under attacking midfielders. It's Demir, Diego, uh, Julio Benitez, and Jude Wellings. Um sure, they're all they're both children, so. Yeah. And then there's one, two, three, four guys that are non-roster invitees who I think are academy kids and definitely guys that have played with the Monarchs. They're probably going to play with the Monarchs. Um, yeah, I think the team sees Demir as, finger quote, a 10. Um, because like I said, I agree with Kyle. I don't think this team really plays with like what we would traditionally think is a 10. I think he's just one of the three midfielders that are attacking. Yeah, and I who think knows a four, if two, we're going to have like an actual. Sense, 
yeah, I agree. But who knows if we're going to play a four two three one or like a four three three or like a three yeah. five two three four kind three. of thing or a three three one two one seven? two one one. Yeah, I don't know what kind of formation we should expect, but I would expect Demir is going to play more of an attacking midfielder kind of role, and that kind of sucks for Diego Luna. But I'm sure that Pablo can shoehorn a way to get Diego Luna and Demir on the field at the same time. And we'll see what happens because all last season we had an attacking front, like four or five players and they had like kind of defined areas of the field that they played in, but there wasn't really like a clear striker, clear wingers, clear attacking midfielders. It kind of seemed like for a lot of the season, it was just, they were attacking players and they played attacking positions and you just kind of filled in empty space. So I am, like Kyle, concerned about Demir's injury, how much time we're actually going to see him play. I think he's definitely going to play until he can't play. I just don't know how long that's going to take or if that's going to be a thing. But he, he yeah. by all accounts, from the team, he's good to go and like he's recovered. Well, we've heard that story before, but so we'll see what happens with it. But well, and that's not an injury you like ever truly recover from, right? He's probably recovered from surgery. Not as like a professional athlete at that age, I don't think. Yeah. It's certainly not common. Like I wouldn't put it past Demir to like muscle through it or to actually be the guy to like go through and rehab it properly and like get completely recovered from it. But he's at the age where there's going to be a decline in his play, like regardless of injury. You know what I mean? He's on the backside of his career, so yeah. he's not going to be the player he was a few years ago when he was scoring 10 and 11 goals a year. Like, yeah, I don't think he's going to be that player again. And anybody that's expecting that, I think is expecting too much. So, yeah, I yeah, think it's an unfair expectation on Demir himself, right? Oh, for sure. I think I we probably put the over under on like total appearances this season for Demir at like 15. Okay. Take the well. I'll take the under. You can take the over. I I think I'd probably take the under. In my heart, in my heart, I feel like I know it's an under, but I, I just, I think think there's going to be something that happens in the first like ten games that like might be the end of the season or something. I don't. I think the team would like adore the idea of him playing the over on that, and I think that's probably their plan. But I think real life is going to be that he plays less than that. Yeah, but I think it's going to be front loaded at the beginning of the season. He's going to play a lot, and then it's going to catch up to him. Yeah. Uh, one but question I've got, I have no idea. One question I've got about our roster, uh, and I know we're running short on time here, uh, is we've got two generation Adidas players in Elijah Paul and Burton Jackson 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 Jackson. We get like a pronunciation guide on that. Yeah. Um, and they they must necessarily by virtue of having signed an MLS contract already, we can't say, Hey, you are a real Monarchs player to us. Uh, They will have a roster spot. Now they do get to be on the supplemental roster, not the senior roster by again, virtue of the GA contract. Um, Meaning that like we can have them play uh, like we can send them to the Monarchs whenever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That that will be no problem, but they will still take up a roster spot. Yes, we can't yeah. do what we traditionally have done with our draft picks and just assign them to Monarchs deals. 
yeah they are an mls roster spot but like they're they can definitely play with and spend a lot of time with the monarchs i have like irrationally high hopes for elijah paul i don't know why uh i've watched a lot of videos of him uh jockison too they both look like pretty like pretty good players and like i don't know the fact that maybe it's some lawfulson rose color lawfulson rosy colored glasses i would i would describe them as same color as his cheeks uh i would I don't know. Maybe that's influencing how I'm feeling about these draft picks, but like, I don't know. I would like to see both of them. And I kind of feel like maybe one of them will come in and make, make a difference this year. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, one other thing to know about uh, Burton Jacobson uh, is that I believe he would, will take up an international spot. I think so. Yeah. Uh, so take, take He's that French. as well. I, and also, so, uh, I mean, we still have Danny, Danny Masofsky on this roster who by all accounts is a successful like draft pick in general. Gener- was he a GA player? Who don't well. think so. I think he was a but first like, rounder, but I don't think he was. He's GA. a player that we drafted and, or that not, that was drafted and like had success with LAFC and. Yeah, only after I don't know. Signing. So he, he was drafted by San Jose. Yeah. Uh, and then went to Reno 1868 and then signed That's with right. LAFC. So Trevor, you mentioned this earlier about our, we have a bunch of guys like on the wing that kind of seem like at the same level. I feel the same thing yeah. about striker where it's just like we have Rubio Rubin there who we've seen be really good. We've seen him be very not good. Also we have Danny Musofsky who we've seen nothing from. We are going to potentially have Demir Krylock playing in that position. who is a very different type of striker. We're going to have Elijah Paul, who's going to be available, I guess, as a striker. We're going to maybe have Sergio Cordova. Like the, the difference at the striker position, I mean, Demir is pretty evidently the best person in the air. Um, but I, even when yeah. he's playing striker, I don't think he's a, he's really playing kind of like an inverted nine. But uh, I don't know. I just like, we still don't have, well, we haven't in a long time, but we, I just don't know who is our best option there. Well, here's to go back to Sergio Cordova, possibly coming back to the team as like an option to go back to the preseason roster. We've got groups by positions. We've got seven strikers that are listed as strikers. Um, only Emeka and I need to learn how to say his name. Emeka and Ellie. He's the only one that's not rostered. So we have six rostered strikers. Yeah. For this team right now, we got Rubio, Anderson, uh, Nanny Masovsky, Axel Kai, Elijah Paul, and Burton Jackson. Um, is this team really going to go out and get another? That's what I'm kind of to confused add to that about. list. It's like, it's like we kind of signed a lot. Home. We have a lot of players that are like kind of in the same. Like, I'm sure we've got yeah. I don't know two or three of those of, guys well, that are probably going to spend spots. considerable time with the Monarchs. I'm sure Axel's going to spend considerable time down there. We'll probably see Elijah Paul and Burton go down there and play plenty of minutes down there as well, unless they're better than Danny Anderson or Rubio, which it could be because those guys weren't exactly. Oh, for, and then we, yeah, we have Anderson Julio in this mix too. <laughs> yeah. So, strange. so like, our, I think this is the striker core group that we're going to have and we're going to have to make work. <laughs> I don't think we're going to go get another striker. Cause we've just got so many. 
Yeah. Are we? That's kind of how I feel. I don't know. I mean, I think it's mean, just like we're just might be trying. Like talent wise, I don't think we're there, but like numbers wise, I I think we're honestly there. It, it yeah, numbers wise is kind of confusing. Yeah, I, I I agree. I don't know if we I don't know. I don't know. But we do need somebody reliable as a striker. That's and Matt's last thing on here is what does RSL need? And that's what we need. We also yeah. need depth at at uh fullback now the aaron's gone um uh currently we've got four players listed as outside backs um I don't, brody oviedo hidalgo and luis rivera the new oh that's right homegrown signing it doesn't Who seem like we're too interested in pursuing a big money number six anymore i will say and i feel like we've moved kind of away from playing in a way that is piv- like we have a pivot six that we right rely on as an anchor in like a midfield three. It doesn't seem like that's something we're planning on doing anymore. Yeah. I think some people will look at Ojeda as that player. Potentially. I don't think he's a six. He's, he's an eight. Yeah. Um, but maybe we'll play a double eight system with Ojeda and Ruiz or maybe we'll he's good. Jam Ruiz and back in a six. I don't know. Also Ojeda, um, his loan ends in July. So that's something yeah. to be noted. And yeah. So, Probably quite expensive, and then our connection in Nottingham Forest is now gone. So, you know, was Dane ever actually hooking it up? That was the question. I don't know. Uh, he apparently recommended, but you know, he was also probably solving a problem for Nottingham Forest, who, by all indications, needed to move some players out from their formerly championship roster, and that's like that's common when you're promoted, right? And, you know, yeah. Sure. It could be mutually beneficial and it, it certainly hasn't hurt us. I have yeah. liked what I've seen of Ojeda. Uh yeah, do I good. love him? I don't I don't know. I all I've seen is him sprinting around like chasing players. And if that's our mm-hmm. tactical plan, then I guess he's fulfilling it. He's well, really I mean, good he it. didn't do things as far as like what he was doing, it wasn't wildly different from what Ruiz was spending most of his time doing. Or, I just or even did it a little bit better. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think he did it a little bit better, but like tactics. I, I think he's better, better on the ball than both of those guys. Yeah. All the same path. Yeah. That's the one thing that um the big question mark for this roster, like going into like the second half of the season is whether or not we extend him or not. And I don't know if we can afford to because we've only got Ruiz Caldwell and Leffelson as like other defensive midfielders. So if he leaves, I do think that definitely opens up the conversation about getting good quality number sixes again. But if he's there again, I don't think he's the solution, but it's a numbers game. And I don't think the team's going to look at it and say, Oh, we need another defensive midfielder right now. I think they've kind of have the numbers filled. Yep. I think you're right. Well, I think it's probably time to call this episode. I know Kyle's got a hard or a soft stop. Uh, and uh, like stop. We will we will certainly talk more about this roster next week and the following week and the week after that. Uh, yeah, we'll season emerges. So we'll we'll start to see things fall into place. Maybe. Hopefully. I can't wait. It's going to be. Do we have any preseason games happening mm-hmm. before? We pro- I mean, I know we don't have like a scheduled recording. For the next time, but are we going to have yeah first, game before? First one appears to be January twenty first. I imagine we'll record before then. 
Yeah, we should. Who? And then we get to talk about uh, patterns of play resulting in goals. And then we can be reassured that it's not something to be concerned about. Uh, so. I can't wait. I've missed that. What's the 21st? What game LAFC. is that? I thought that was the 28th. Or is the 28th the uh, UVU game? That's UVU, I believe. Then we're okay. off to Tucson. And uh, yeah, I will see if I catch. Yeah, we're no longer going to California right now because of the insane flooding in uh, Central Coast, er- Central and north southern california like santa yeah. barbara area i don't know if you, yeah that's another tiktok i've gotten involved in is flood tiktok <laughs> and oh my goodness yeah i bet it's gnarly out there all right well anyway, it's been a it's pleasure a, gentlemen it has been a pleasure it sure has we got to do this more often guys wow right. i agree well yeah we did load up on news and it had only been a week so i expect three to four episodes a week from off the crossbar moving forward uh, there'll be two hours each with an hour and a half of social hours so that'll get you a good two hours of RSL coverage of like if actual you wanna, RSL content yeah so if you want to like fast forward to that part uh, just kind of guess where it is and if you land in the right spot good for you 100% yeah. well, I love it good night alright good night All right, bye everyone on.